Fortune 500 consultant, trainer, military veteran, husband and father, your host, Dr. Aaron Bryant. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of DrBryantSpeaks.com. Our show, of course, is for all those military veterans and families out there in the world. My name is Dr. Bryant, also a veteran, master coach, entrepreneur, and your host. Now, I want to say thank you to all those who are returning, because as you know, because of the, your success, we have been doing really well in the social media. Apparently, we're skyrocketing on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio podcast. That's all because of you. So continue listening to the shows, and I will continue bringing you great topics and continue bringing on great guest speakers. And that's exactly what we're gonna do today. So again, I wanna thank you. And if you're new to the show, go ahead and download or go to our YouTube page and you can watch the videos of the show. The key thing about the YouTube page is you can actually access the links of a lot of our guest speakers or get information that's not actually discussed on the show. So feel free to do that as well. All right, so I don't wanna delay this any further because we have a lot to cover. But today I have an amazing guest, somebody that I have, a, I've just recently met this person, but I have already established a, a, a level of respect that's beyond. And mainly because he himself is a veteran. And just in our conversation, I can see that a lot of who I am is because of this person. So I wanna welcome, say hello to Mr. Neil Lichman. Hi. Hello. All right. So, Neil, so obviously a lot of the people are going to already read this information when they actually click on the podcast and they're going to see that you're the founding director of a program called Noah Vet. Now, the interesting thing is you didn't just choose to do this because you wanted to just give back. You actually have a personal involvement. So, first of all, before we get into the program, please tell everybody about who you are and a little bit about your background. Okay, um, I am a 100% disabled uh, combat veteran, I'm Army. Um, hey. back, yeah. <laughs> back from the NAM days, um, I was in charge of the security platoon for the 1st Brigade of the, no, 3rd Brigade of the 1st Air Cap, that was over half a century ago. So. Um, this is not my first charity. My first one was uh, started in 1973. Uh, I started a uh, charity called People to People back in New York based on the concept that no kid should go to bed hungry. Uh, I haven't found a lot of people who argue with that concept. And that's about uh, four million now. Um, and then when I got out here about six years ago, um, I met Juanita, uh, who is the executive director of the San Jose Vet Center, and she got me involved with veterans' causes, which seemed natural. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Noah Vet just kind of grew out of this snowballing of, of that thing. By the way, it's Noah Vet with a question mark. The reason is. Uh, there's only about three to five percent of the population that either is military or veteran 
depending upon where you live in the country. So I can't ask, are you a vet? But I can ask, do you know a vet? Oh, interesting. Very interesting. I like that. So three to five percent are actually veterans in our community of people, but yet there's probably a somewhere in there where there's a lot more higher percentage of people who might know of a vet. Oh yeah, everybody knows Crazy Uncle Joe, <laughs> or, or, or that uh, that that wacko who's always angry at work. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a great point, Dell. So knowing a vet, and it's actually, I'm glad you said that because this show is actually not just for military veterans and dependents, but I also talk about the civilians that are out there who may also know of somebody. So like talk about that relationship there as well. It's, um, it, it's more than just the civilians who ancillarily, if that's a word, uh, know of people who are suffering. But the majority of the calls that we that we uh, get, uh, and the majority of the people who stop by our booths and stuff like that, are really family of veterans. As far as I can tell, probably half, uh, maybe more, of the vets who finally uh, decide to go into some kind of treatment for their anger, for their PTSD, uh, for their nightmares, and so on, like terrors. Uh, are really spurred on by the wife who says, no more, um, or the uncle who counsels them. We actually have a page on the site uh, for uh, family and friends with methods that they can use to begin to engage the conversation to help people begin to come out of themselves and see that there is help. Uh, and that, uh, you know, there are so many reasons, which is part of what we're researching right now for another one of our articles. There are so many reasons why people fear getting help. Uh, of course, there's ridicule and, and shame and embarrassment and, um, I'm a ranger. Nobody's going to tell me I'm messed up. Oh, yeah, you are. That's why. Uh, but, but there's all kinds of other things like, if I were to tell a counselor at the VA what I really feel like, they might want to lock me up. Well, that's not what happens. Uh, but, you know, these are all the kinds of fears. I know people who uh, will lie to their doctors, not usually a good career move, uh, <laughs> and, and they'll lie because they're afraid that their treatment will uh, otherwise be changed. For instance, you've got a severe pain issue. Um, I had, uh, part of why I've got the 100% is that I had uh, a spinal reconstruction because of that wonderful Agent Orange that just keeps on giving. Um, and I had three years of heavy morphine after that. And I know of people who would lie uh, because they were afraid that uh, the doctor would cut them off. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know people who lied constantly and even wouldn't take certain medicines because they were afraid that if they got better, that their compensation would be lowered and they got used to living on that. So you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people don't do what's best for them. 
but that's why we've got these helpful things on the side of, of you know how do you get people over these fears and into treatment that's going to be great for them for the rest of their lives now you mentioned something about the admitting to needing assistance and uh do you find there's a difference depending on the era of that veteran you know you're you mentioned that you're in the vietnam era and i know specifically that uh, you know it was a different time and the criticism of being a veteran was at a heightened level versus now you see these younger Afghanistan era type soldiers and they're proud to wear their uniform. You see them walking around the street and they're embracing the, the, the phrase of thank you for your service. So when you look at those differences, is that helping the Vietnam era veterans define the system because things have kind of relaxed now about being a, a veteran? Do you see that helping at all? It's such a personal thing that I'm not, uh, I, I think there are other issues that are uh, more germane. By the way, that, that phrase of thank you for your service, I would really prefer to see people saying, uh, thank you for your sacrifice. You know what? I'm glad you said that because I actually have a podcast show about that. And that's exactly what I said. So thank you for validating oh. that. <laughs> I have a, there's a whole show on my podcast list. We talk about that phrase, thank you for your service. And I did the homework and I am trying to encourage people to change that. So thank you for acknowledging. So hopefully everybody's listening now. Go listen to that because you heard it from Neil himself. <laughs> So you owe me a quarter now? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, um, well, we have two cohorts. I don't like to use words like that, but I don't have a, a better phrase. One, uh, which we'll talk about now because it, it's a little out of order from where I normally think, but uh, one is the post 9-11 vet uh, youth. And the other is senior veterans and their surviving spouses. So if you're talking about a, well, a post 9-11 vet, I'm not sure it makes much of a difference, if any, uh, that people now feel more comfortable to say to, to, say to us a meaningless uh, thank you for your service. Uh, which basically means I'm so glad you were there as opposed to me. Uh, you know, what, what really it comes down to is clearly, when you get back to that 3 to 5% thing, we get back and nobody has the slightest idea what you uh, especially had to do, had to see, had to be part of, uh, in the name of the American people, uh, what we experienced, uh, the, the traumas that uh, it's impossible to ever get over. Um, I, I used to, I had coined a phrase way back, there were a couple of them from NAM. Uh, one, of course, was you can't kill an idea with a bullet. We haven't learned that yet. Um, but the other was no one 
comes home alive. There is no possibility of being who you were. There isn't a way to put Humpty Dumpty back together. You can learn to cope and have your best possible life. But so people like you coming back uh, have these these issues that 97% of the people that they're coming in contact with have not a clue about what's really going on in the world and what it physically means to be not a privileged person in the United States. So people like you will, will tend to uh, withdraw, not be uh, too social with people who are terribly interested in their shoes. Um, and uh, it, it becomes an isolating type of, of problem. Uh, now, what we've found and I, I'm very, very lucky to have just brought on, you, you might know that we're a totally volunteer organization, just brought on a, a volunteer who's just graduated with her master's in digital media uh, to help us reach out to people like you who are not joining the VFW. Uh, and that, that's kind of a universal thing about age. We didn't join a VFW because there was those were old people who had no clue about what we did. Uh, they were just drunks in a bar, uh, <laughs> and, and you guys are the same thing. So, what we've done is to learn where people like you congregate. We have a lot of programs in universities, which is where we found out, for instance, at uh, San Jose State University, that 50% of, of students would rather pay for their education than even uh, go to get, to get their benefits from the VA. That's how much we don't really love the government, much less the paperwork. Um, and they don't know about VSOs, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, so we've learned that we've got to reach out into these small pockets of veterans who are joining these little groups online to be able to get the messages out. And it's way more than Facebook, which I think you guys don't even look at anymore. Uh, you just make fun of us old folks. Um, so. Uh, we're very lucky to have that person uh, coming on with us and uh, really reaching out to those those people to, to get them past the stigmas and into a better life.